0: Episode six hundred four with Karen Kingston. Please introduce yourself.
1: Hey, Tommy. I'm Karen Kingston.
0: No, I mean, uh, like, so, <laughs> so you, so you worked at Pfizer, correct?
1: A long time ago. Okay. I mean, it's a long ago. I, but they were a client. I worked for their um, ad agency, and then I had my own agency for a number of years. And I've been an analyst for over a decade now. But to be, in all full disclosure, Pfizer hasn't been a client of mine in a decade. Uh, but I was, uh, I was trained by them. I was trained by the best of the best, honestly, when I was there. So um, a lot of what I learned there, I taught other large uh, pharma companies or companies that be turned into, you know, uh, whales in the industry. So I worked at um, Allergan, Medtronic, or work, they were a client of mine, um, J&J. So um, basically, I, I joke, I say, I, I read so my clients don't have to. I've probably made fun of me. They're like, oh, you're not a doctor or a scientist. Like, other than read information and like summarize it and make points, what do you do? And I'm like, what do you think an analyst does? What
0: do you think, <laughs> how do you think I make money? Like,
1: totally. Yeah, yeah. And I'm a scientific writer too. So I, I, I write, uh, I write the, I take the scientific information, I convert it into uh, presentations for doctors um, to understand. So sometimes doctors train other doctors, sometimes it's used in CME, continuing yeah. medical education. And sometimes my stuff is published in like a a JAMA type article journal, but my name's never on anything. So it's always um, someone with initials after their names. I
0: don't have any. Yeah. Well, me neither, but I I published a paper on aquatic toxicology in college. That's uh, about the only only piece of scientific literature with my name on it. And uh, yeah, like 18 months of work boiled down to like three sentences. It was like, hey, if you add nickel to fish, they die. Like the end. Yeah. Like, hey. oh, that was an abstract. It
1: was 400 words. as an abstract. I know what you probably published. Was oh probably god, yeah.
0: That's what it, it was. Just like, hey, sodium and magnesium are kind of good for fish. Please let me in a medical school now. It was, yeah. <laughs> it was just BS. But, um, so with everything going on right now, so I was just glancing at one of the videos, and I actually coincidentally had actually looked at it a couple weeks ago without knowing who you were, and then now Dr. McCullough introducing you to me. Um, and this, so this is kind of what's on, I guess, right underneath the surface on my mind about the DoD's artificial intelligence, their Joint Artificial Intelligence Operation, or uh, I guess Center. Um, yeah,
1: it's literally what it's called, JAIC, the Joint Artificial yeah. Intelligence Center. Yeah.
0: They're monitoring yeah. vaccine deaths.
1: Yeah, they're 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 monitoring the vaccination rollout and um, the infections and the deaths. Yeah. Uh, and and the and the prioritization of booster shots um and uh unvaccinated people. Mm-hmm. It's available on the JAIC website, DOD. So yeah, the, the data that they found uh was out of the database. Well, that, that we found so far that they put out. Who knows how much data they have? Uh 5.6 million uh Americans age 65 and older from the Senate, Center of Medicare and Medicaid Services. Um of that 5.6 million Americans over the age of 65, 80% were vaccinated. And what the DOD found was within that population that end value of 5.6 million uh, of those who were uh, who became positive with COVID-19 71% were fully vaccinated. Of those of the 5.6 million of those that were hospitalized. 60% 60% were fully vaccinated. And fully vaccinated is defined as, you know, having two Moderna or Pfizer jabs or a J&J jab two weeks post that jab. So this is not people even less than two weeks that had a, you know, a breakthrough event within less than two weeks after the second, first or second dose. So so, so the vaccines don't work. I mean, I think, I think I yeah. mean, but, 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 you know, th- this is the thing. So I worked on a product called viagra because i just don't understand how people don't understand this okay um first of all if you take a look at the bla the actual biological license approval the actual document that's approval for the pfizer vaccine august 23rd uh 2021 if you take a look at it section 25 it says missing information it's the third bullet missing information vaccine effectiveness then you have a database of 5.6 million, 80% were vaccinated of 5.6 million. So was that like 4.2 million, something like that, 4. something like 4.1 million, 1.25 million, something like that. So you have 4.125 million people vaccinated. And of those people, 71% get COVID. So if you had an erectile dysfunction drug of people who did not have erectile dysfunction and you gave it to 5 million people. Right. And out of the 5 million people, like 80 or, you know, you have to 80% of the 4.12 million and other ones that spontaneously developed erectile dysfunction, 71% of them had taken the pill. You'd have a bunch of pissed off men in this country right now. Yeah. 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 I, just think, I don't no, know how make no. people understand this. Like, you know, everyone's like, oh, so people are getting sick and women are losing their babies and, and, and everyone's, you know, and, and, but I'm like, if this, was a drug for erectile dysfunction and people all of a sudden started coming down with erectile dysfunction and then a bunch of other diseases. we have a bunch of red blooded, pissed off American men. I'm just saying, no, no, I don't know how to put perspective 100,
0: for people. You're hundred percent correct. I mean, <laughs> I, I mean pre-med in college studying organic chemistry. If one out of every five times I took Ritalin, it didn't work. I'd be a little upset. Like, Hey, I have to study this bullshit for the next 12 hours. How am I going to do this? If me and my and friend
1: you erectile dysfunction, you'd be like, I'm not doing this anymore. That's
0: what I mean. Like, <laughs> so, if...
1: and, and here's the thing: is the shots do cause erectile dysfunction because the number one, one of the number one um, effects of the vaccines is is blood clotting and mm-hmm. micro blood clotting. And again, I have experience in men's health. And the American Heart Association in 1997, I believe it was, put out an article saying, look. If the reason why doctors need to talk to men about sexual health, because if a man's experiencing erectile dysfunction, it's probably because of blood clotting and it was atherosclerotic blood clotting, but that's a sign that there's blood clots in your capillaries, which then could then lead to more serious blood clots that can lead to cardiac events and strokes and whatnot. So a lot of men are, you know, and, and women who are experiencing and women, not obviously erectile dysfunction, but maybe fatigue maybe incontinence. So you may have blood clotting or you might have neurological damage. If you're a man that's leading to erectile dysfunction and you're not correlating it with the vaccine and you're not correlating it with maybe getting infected from someone who's vaccinated and they're shedding on you. And right. So you're just thinking, Oh, I'm stressed out. It's kind of a stressed out time. Maybe I'm afraid about my job. Maybe like everyone's freaked out now, but it could actually be a direct side effect and an autoimmune response to the injection, or being exposed to a lot of people who were injected,
0: wasn't one of the wasn't one of the primary uh, uses of Viagra initially, wasn't did Isn't it supposed to be like a nitrate, like for like blood dilation? And they found that like as random side effect, is a lot of guys were reporting like erections, and they hadn't been able to have them in a while, and they were like, "Hold on, we're on Yeah, a so board. it
1: Sign of the story. Okay,
0: yeah, of it's, course it's, you did. Yeah.
1: Was, Surrey is like the head of the R and D for sildenafil. That's what the generic was like. Went to Bill Steer, the CEO. He goes, I got good news and I got bad news. I heard Bill Steer, the CEO, tell a joke, right? It's not a joke, right? And and Bill Steer's like, well, like in a big board meeting, like, well, tell us the bad news about the Sildenafil trial. He goes, well, more people are dying in the treatment group than the control group, which was a, a beta blocker, right? Uh, and they're dying from cardiac events, you know, and they're, or they're having more cardiac events. So we have to stop the trial. Because when people die from a product, Tommy, you stop the trial. You don't just keep going, just... Just so you
0: know, hold <laughs> the phone. Wait, So are you, tra- are you trying to tell me that if you have over 17,000 deaths in nine months that maybe we should wind back this program?
1: Yeah, you should stop the trial. You are I an mean,
0: anti-vaxxer and a flat earther and a, you're a Nazi.
1: Yeah. And, and I was talking to Dr. McCall about this in 1998, a drug called POSICOR came out, a T-channel blocker for high blood pressure and 123 people, 123 people died out of 200,000 prescriptions. So far less than the number of people. So it's a 0.006% death rate. They pulled the product off the market. So uh, they pulled Resolent off the market for liver function tests, elevated LFTs and, you know, uh, less than hundred deaths. But anyway, so what happened was they said, so Bill is like, what's the good news? Like people are dying in treatment group. He goes, well, they don't want to turn their drugs in because they're getting erections, right? So Viagra ended up. What turned out was because it's a vasodilator. It goes the um, it's a the nitric oxide pathway. So uh, what happens if people who have uh, cardiac disease, you know, a lot of times if they have chest pain, they take uh, sublingual nitrate. Uh, and so this was being studied for people with angina when they got chest pain. The problem is you took Viagra with a nitrate, then you um, you get vasodilation and then you go into tachycardia and go into cardiac arrest. So then we launched Viagra with warning you know blackly you know black don't take this with a nitrate because that would cause a heart attack so that that's how that got got launched but again if people start dying you you stop a trial
0: yeah and yeah to me that's the most absurd thing about it you know it's i uh, you know i often talk about with with uh dr mccullough I mean, there's really two huge stories here, right? I mean, three, if you want to say, where did it come from? Was it a bioweapon? But not even going into that, just with the vaccines. The other big story is, you know, the widespread, regardless of vaccine efficacy, let's say there were no deaths on VAERS, regardless of all of that, the EUA is only possible when there's no other alternative treatment, you know, the generic, well-studied ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine, et cetera, and so on. But... The vaccine
1: recommends ivermectin on their website. Yeah. They have three therapies. The first one's remdesivir. The second one's ivermectin. I think the third one's the monoclonal antibodies.
0: But There's no money to be made there.
1: No, there's no money to be made.
0: Yeah. Well, there you go. And I mean, Joe Rogan, you know, walking around Sanjay Gupta during his interview with him. And, you know, Sanjay is like, I get it. It can be used in humans. And he's like, not can be. He's often won the Nobel Prize in 2015 for this. There's... So not only is, I mean, are they caught red-handed in terms of just suppressing alternative treatments so the EUA can stay up and they can get more money, the actual death rate is so insane. It is so absolutely bonkers. Like, hey, if you get this, you know, you you might, you know, I know you're 20 years old and you're an athlete, but you might have, uh, I don't know, a heart attack. You might have myocarditis. You might have any of these results. There's And as Dr. McCullough said, it almost feels like It almost feels like there's some weird, like, mass psychosis going on. You bring it up and they're like, yeah, but, you know, I think you should get the jab. And you're like, does no one one look at this and go, like, this is going to kill me? Like, there's a legitimate chance this is going to kill me? There's just this, well, it's safe and effective. No one brings anything up and no... Furthermore, no one ever looks back, even just to I don't know, OxyContin, the Purdue family, the Sackler family, right? Like, there's no problems here. Just take it, safe and effective. It's not addictive. And then, well, you know, years later, it turns out it's like, oh, well, you know, it's kind of heroin in pill form. What is it? Th- was it thalidomide? The the flipper babies in the '60s.
1: Thalidomide caused the the, the birth defects with yeah. the missing Yeah, that was the thalidomide. So yeah, and there's a number of, of stillborns. We're up into thousands and thousands of percent higher rate of uh, babies being born dead or dying within 48 hours uh, if their mothers were vaccinated. So, And that, that was known by the FDA yeah. in the phase, phase one trials, yeah.
0: And the, well. uh, the idea that, that they're not colluding with big tech, this hyper-consolidated uh, group of people <laughs> who control the media that we all see, and especially during a pandemic, and we're not all out gathering, there isn't the proverbial... Town Square. The Town Square exists only on YouTube, Facebook, Insta, Twitter, Snapchat, TikTok, Reddit. The idea that there that there is not some form of collusion to suppress right, I mean right after the election, right? They published that big paper. Hey, there was a big conspiracy, the trusted news initiative. We're here to fortify elections. Even if it means fortifying them at three in the morning, we're gonna fortify them. We're gonna fortify
1: the Times, the Times magazine article, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they can all the yeah. Yeah. So I mean, so what's going on is um, this is a global movement, right? So this is a global concerted effort, and if people are like, "Oh, tin foil hat, whatever," okay, well, how come the whole globe is in the same lockstep if it's not a global effort? I mean, since when do we follow what China and Italy are doing as Americans? I I just when when has that ever happened? It doesn't happen. Mm -hmm. So this is a global effort, and um, one of the things that uh, we know that. Has been used to get people to comply or be obedient is behavioral insights. So, the Organization for Economic Cooperation and Development, OECD, uh, our Secretary of State Blinken spoke there on October 5th. And, you know, he talked about how him and Biden were committed to getting 70% of the world vaccinated. And OECD has a behavioral insights uh, platform and program. There's 202 organizations globally. Involved from the United States, there's about 20 of our 18 or 20 of our government agencies are involved the DOD, the DOJ, the IRS, um, the Department of Health, HHS. I mean, you can just see it, you can go to the OECD website. And so, their number one concern is there's too many people on the earth, and that's causing environmental problems. And they have an army of artificial intelligence things, they call them citizens, but they're things that need jobs. Okay, so that's, you just go to the website. I know this sounds crazy, but um, if you look at the behavioral insights, what they do is they study what motivates people by our culture and by our region. So a lot of the stuff that was going on with the environment was actually testing to figure out what would make Americans comply to doing things that really aren't of benefit to them and may actually be costly to them, whether it's physically or financially. And this was done out of Harvard. So what Harvard discovered was the best way to motivate Americans. They tried to like, well, tell them it's good. Like you need to recycle because it'll it's best for you, you know, and for your health. And, you know, Americans didn't care. Well, you need to recycle because for your children and your future generations, Americans still didn't care, right? Then they're like, well, you need to recycle because your neighbors are doing it. And they're like, oh, okay, well, I kind of don't want to be, you know, 90% of your neighbors are doing it. You don't want to be the 10% that aren't, you know, or 70%. And they're like, but if you really want to get like over 90% of people to do it, your neighbors are doing it. And we're going to publicly let your neighbors know that you're not doing it.
0: Hammer, and that's
1: done. what gets Americans, Americans want to be, uh, they don't want to be the 2%. They don't want to not be, they, they want to be with the crowd. They want to do, and they more than doing what's right, they want their neighbors to think that yes. what they're doing is right. Yes. That's- what, whether or not you think what you're doing is right with God, it's more important to Americans that you, your neighbors think what you're doing is right versus whether or not God thinks what you're doing is right. So that's what they found. And so, and then they also found, though, Here's the thing. They said, if you want to influence at least Americans, then, you know, it's really important to say, this is what other people are thinking is what other people are doing. You need to do this too. They go, but if a group comes up and they do the opposite of what you want, then that could have a, a real huge negative backlash. Like it could, you know, go completely opposite direction, which is why. Any doctor that said ivermectin works or look, let's actually like when they call it highly deadly and you got a ninety nine point nine nine seven percent survival rate. You do, Tommy, right? They they silence that as crazy conspiracy theorists. And and now we're being called domestic terrorists because that, you know, if people actually saw the data and there were people that were speaking about data versus propaganda uh, narrative, then that could ruin the whole thing. And this is well documented on the OECD website, right? So so the whole environmental stuff that we were trained to do was a giant market research training program for behavioral insights, which is why when COVID came along in California, you could bring your plastic bags back to the store, or no, the plastic bags they gave you at the store, you weren't allowed to bring your bags in anymore. Um, people were wearing disposable masks and they're all over the beaches and whatever. So no one gave a crap about the environment anymore
0: no one cares. It's just so, instantly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's inst- no, it's entirely behavioral, right? I mean, I've had on uh, Howard Bloom before. who's a brilliant guy. He was Michael Jackson's publicist and then just turned like scientist. But I mean, he talks about all the behavioral research and kind of going all the way back to like single-celled organisms all the way up through humanity and everything in between about the sort of the group cohesion, the not wanting to be ostracized. No matter what, you don't want to be on the outside. There's something that you know, you remove a cell and put it in a tissue, you put it in a culture by itself and it's it's gonna die off. You remove the human from whether real or perceived uh, social cohesion, the as he calls the super organism.
2: Perceived social cohesion. Yes,
0: yes, it is, it is, right? And we all right, and that's what it is. And you don't want to be seen outside of it. I mean, so much so that like, I mean, that that famous test, I think in the 70s or 80s where they brought 10 people into a classroom and they drew two lines on the whiteboard. And one of them was just like with a ruler, perfect. And the other one was very clearly a bit arced. And they said, which one is straight? And nine out of 10 all pointed to the arced one. And the 10th guy said, okay, the arced one. What the 10th guy didn't know is that the first nine were all in on the study. And they were all yeah. told to go with this. So this guy said, "Yeah." And then afterwards, when asked about it, he was like, "Well, everyone else said that it was, so I said it was too." It's everyone wants to fit in, and I've brought this up before. Is if we're all in a stadium, and I've used this analogy before, so anyone listening is probably gonna fast forward. If we're all in a stadium, and I, you know, they say, "Uh, who here uh, thinks the vaccine's a good idea?" And I don't know. You're looking around like a big, I imagine like a big football stadium, and like. 1% of people are on board with it and everyone else is looking around like you feel confident in your belief. Now, if you do something like, I don't know, a pandemic where everyone is at home and I can't see the thousands of the people to the left and the right of me, right? I'm in an apartment. My world ends at these walls. And I look at a study on my phone and it goes, how many people think the vaccine's a good idea? And I look at it and it goes 99.999% of people think it's a good idea. And I go, well, I don't really think it is. And they go, Tommy, you're the one guy that doesn't think it is. And not only that, you can use bots to go, look at this moron. Oh, fuck, all right, well, I, okay, I guess I guess it's a good idea. What you don't know is 99% of people might all be going, I don't think it's a good idea. And they look at their phone and they're all being told, you're the one person that thinks it's a bad idea. All right, we'll do it. And then this manufactured illusion then turns into reality to now where you go, well, I, I want it. And now everyone's coming out of their apartments and going, oh, I want it too. You have the ability that really, ironically enough, you can kind of do the best during a pandemic when your connection to the world is through a screen. You can manufacture anything you want. And yeah, it doesn't matter if it's a but, vaccine but, or recycling. But
1: the thing is that poll that you talked about where they said 99% said yeah. it was a good idea. I'm just, that I'm just making that up. Problem. No, but I was, no, but that's, that what, isn't a lie. Because I can tell you from working with some attorneys with like the airlines, every airline Every airline has 98% of their employees vaccinated. Every single one is sitting out internal memos saying 98% of people are vaccinated. There's only, there's only these 2% that are left. I have someone that worked at Pfizer, same thing. They're saying like 98% or 96%. I think it's still 98% of people are vaccinated. And like people in Pfizer are like, like the whole departments are like, none of us are vaccinated. So they're telling you you're just, that lonesome, that two percent—they're telling you you're the minority, you're the weirdo, you're the outcast, you're the one that doesn't care about other people. So we, even when you see these surveys, they're putting out this illusion, this propagandist lie, that ninety-eight percent of people believe this. Yeah. That—that that was always a lie. Or ninety-eight percent of people are vaccinated. Ninety-eight percent of people are not vaccinated. All these—you yeah. know—I saw—I saw an internal memo from the Navy. It's a ninety-eight percent of Navy enlisted Navy members are vaccinated. That's a lie. Yeah. It's a lie.
2: Yeah, I've, well, I've, they're
1: doing that to make people who aren't vaccinated feel pressured to get vaccinated within that organization and then outside that organization it's to make us feel afraid being like oh my god every our all, all of our military and airline uh, people are all getting vaccinated they're not
0: yeah yeah it's like uh it's like being in like a like middle school or something right and like someone gets a pack of cigarettes and it's like well everyone else wants to smoke them and finally someone's like you know, I don't feel comfortable. I told my parents I wasn't gonna do this, and everyone's like, "I'm not comfortable either." Every, you know, everyone, the whole mold kind of breaks, and it's like, "Well, Bob said that you guys all want to do it. I only did it because Bob said you guys want to do it." Everyone's like, "I just want to play Nintendo, right?" <laughs> That's what happens. We know this. We know it's with peer pressure, right? Like, oh, really oh, pressure. oh, oh, you like girl? You know, you're in fifth grade. Oh, you like girls? I don't. I don't like girls. Girls are gross. It's like. This whole thing, we know it happens again and again and again and again. Well, I want that. Well, I want like even just little things like it's 2021 United States. Like there is a certain fashion. My hair is cut a certain way, whether I'm like conscious of it or not. Right. I have a certain phone. Why do I have an iPhone? Well, because I've always used Apple. Do you just really like Apple or do you not want to be that guy with an Android? Like little things that we don't even realize. Right. We all go along with it. And it's, I mean, you have to respect your enemy in the same way you have to respect the Nazis for being organized. You have to respect ISIS for being, you know, committed. You have to respect your enemy in that it's a highly, highly intelligent uh, mode of attack is to use groupthink.
1: Oh, yeah. And they, and they, and they, not only do they use groupthink, they figured out exactly what the pain point was, yeah. which is that your neighbors are all doing this. And if you cared about your neighbors, right, then you would do, that's why they, like, you wear a mask not to protect yourself, but to protect other people. That was a bunch of hooiki. Right. I mean, what a load of crap. And I was like, all right, I'll go along with this, right? I, I played a role, we all played a role in this okay. betrayal, right? Because I'm like, well, I hated wearing a mask, by the way, like absolutely hated it. And I went along with it because... In Southern California, everyone's like, you're a terrible person if you don't wear the mask, and blah, 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 blah. Right? I'm yeah. not putting it back on now. Yeah. You know, I was in the airport the other day and I wasn't wearing the mask in the airport. Um, and I had these killer boots on. Like, this security guard comes walking up to me and he's like, I can tell you're a rebel. He's like, because you're not wearing a mask and you got some pretty kick ass boots on. I was like, he just kept walking. Fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so, no but the whole thing is like you know we all it's it's that it's that frog in the water uh-huh. right and the, the the boil, warmer, yeah. warmer. so you know we all kind of played a role in the betrayal and then it's like wait a second now where where are we going with this like now it's like we'll inject yourself with an experimental biological agent which has been proven to only cause harm permanent disabilities autoimmune disease and death and now you're like wait, I thought I just had to wear a mask, you know? Yeah. So um, it's, it's really, that, that also, so that was also in the, in the Harvard study. They said the best way to change behaviors is to eliminate all behaviors, right? So why did we have the two-week back do- lockdown? Because they wanted to wipe out all of our regular habits, right? And then they call it, they actually called it the domino effect. And then you build back habits. So it starts with stand six feet apart. We'll stand six feet apart and wear a, ma- or wear a mask. And then we'll wear a mask and stand six feet apart. We'll wear a mask, stand six feet apart and be home by 10 o'clock at night. We'll wear a mask, stand six feet apart, be home by 10 o'clock at night, put up like plastic around you in the cube and at the restaurants and now inject yourself with a biological agent. You it's know? pop it right? <laughs> so, so, But they trained you. And yeah. so what happens is Americans go, okay, well, if I get this injection, then I can get my freedoms back. That's what happened, right? Mm. Because we were obedient. We're like, just uh, two weeks to curve, right? Two weeks to slow the curve. Then social distance, wear a mask, put up plastic. Da da da. And now they're like, okay, this is the last thing. You get a vaccine, and the, and the pandemic's over. What people didn't realize was that, you know, if you have to inject yourself with an experimental biological agent that is shown to just cause harm disabilities, injuries, and death in exchange for your liberties, that is not being a good member of America where we have inalienable God-given rights. That's saying, I am willing to be a member of a tyrannical society and be enslaved to this society because I no longer have sovereignty over my body. I'm now saying the employer and the government, you have authority over my body. And so once you do that, you have there's, you have sovereignty over nothing. If someone doesn't believe in your inalienable God-given rights, which is what this country is founded on, then you're not being a good member of America. You're saying, "Let's." I mean, it's not. It's beyond socialism and communism. It is enslavement. You're saying, "You own me.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You physically own me."
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And and now they want to also, you know, and they did this during the the lockdowns. Like, not only will they own your body because they've injected synthetic RNA which through reverse transcriptase creates complementary DNA. So when they say these vaccines absolutely cannot change your DNA these apps these vaccines if you read the patents absolutely can and will change people's DNA. So that was a lie too. So not only do you have that but then you're going to have these smart apps they've already rolled it out in Australia it's called G2G where you need to stay in your house and if you leave your house you get a warning Right. Or you or you have to prove that you're in a house, take a photo of yourself. You got five minutes to take a photo. So now the government has control of your body. They have control of your time and they have control of your activities and where you go.
0: Well, what you do is you then tell all those people the only thing keeping you from getting all your freedoms back are those damn unvaccinated people. They are now making they are responsible for the hell you're in. But what they're telling you is the people who have avoided the hell are responsible for the fact that you're in the hell. It's,
2: it's, which makes no sense
0: whatsoever well, no of course well if you look at it from the standpoint of wanting to run like a world dictatorship it makes perfect sense but it's <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. i mean it, it all depends on like, how d-
1: like, Karen, if you were playing sociopath sure
0: okay. sure right it's like if you were doing it yeah things look differently when you go oh you know that doesn't make sense versus oh well how what you know where are you looking at it from like right it's a uh, had on richard rhodes on last friday Talked about his book, uh, Masters of Death, about the Einsatz group and the mobile death squads that preceded, or rather led to, the invention of the death camps, concentration camps in Nazi Germany and all throughout their occupied territories. And one of the things they would do is they had these, you know, they would find these, yeah, they would find these, they would find these big like ravines, right? Because they found that they couldn't dig them deep enough, so they find these natural ravines. I think the biggest one they found was called Baba Yar, which meant uh, the grandmother of ravines, like the the granddaddy, right? but it was in, technically it was in Russian territory. So of course it's grandmother, right? It's, it's the grandmother, but they found it and they'd find these kind of like little pathways down into the, almost just like, you know, kind of hiking down in between two big walls and it opens up into almost like a Grand Canyon-esque thing. What they would do is they would strip all the Jews naked. They would take, you know, well, first they would tell them, uh, get a report to this, this field, right? You are being uh, Mm -hmm. relocated for labor bring warm clothes, bring your valuables and bring like two days food, like food. Okay, so Mm -hmm. they all think they're going, all right. So you get them all there. Then after you're there, you kind of get all their ID papers, make sure they're all Jewish, which you know, that might start raising eyebrows, like, huh, we're all the same. Then you strip them naked. So now they're all discombobulated, that's kind of social disorder, right? You know, I'm naked in front of my neighbors, you know, this is my Mm -hmm. wife, I can see your wife, this isn't right. So now that Mm -hmm. you leave them out there overnight, now they're cold, now they're hungry, now they're thirsty. And then you start yelling orders. You start barking orders, and you march them like a mile. Anyone that falls back, you shoot them. Now they're terrified. What's going on? What's going on? All right, the labor camps are down here. Follow them down. It's called sardine packing, which if you think about English, it's pack them like sardines.
2: Yeah. You have
0: them all lay down, face down, shoulder to shoulder, go around. It's called Shoes, and it's where you shoot them in the neck, right below the base of their skull. Shoot them all. They're all dead. You bring down the next set of 20. They're terrified. They're hungry. They're cold. They're confused. They're walking down this, like, pathway. You can't see anything. And when it finally opens up to the big pit and they see all the bodies, they're just—your just, just your brain shuts off. It's, what is this nightmare? And they say, mm-hmm. lay down on them. And they said it was the—you the, can hear these Nazis would write in their journals to say it's the oddest thing. They just go and they lay down. By the time any of them realize what's happening, boom, it shooting. Every once in a while, one of them would get up and run and scream, and they'd shoot him. and they'd say— They were very specific. Do not let one run back up there because if they run up there and say what's going on, they're all going to run. And then if any one of those thousands running makes it back to town and someone writes a letter, the whole gig is up. So their thing was all about airtight. So yeah,
1: But Tommy, you make a good point, and this is what I keep trying to say to people, because people are like, why would our government want to hurt us? Why? You know, they wouldn't want to hurt us. They took an oath to uphold the Constitution. Well, clearly they're not upholding the Constitution. And if you've ever read history, if you've ever been, and a lot of women have, if you've ever been violated by someone who does not value you or respect you as a human being, they don't go, hey, sweetheart, I'm going to uh, violate you. A sociopath or someone with like malicious intent for another individual—they if they want something from you, whether you know it's it, it's financial or physical. They don't tell you their intention; they tell you whatever it is you need to hear yeah. to get what they want. Yeah, that's it. So think about it. so they didn't tell these people; they didn't tell the Jews, you know, uh, six months ahead of time. Hey, we're all gonna we're gonna take you down to a pit eventually, and then shoot you in the back of the head. You know, it was this gradual, you know, and they got society to turn on this gradual thing about, well, there's this this national threat. There's this going on. There's this shortage. Ooh, this sounds familiar. There's these shortages coming up and we need you guys to, you know, gather together, give up these privileges. You know, it's for the greater of society. The greater they don't greater. tell you their plan is to execute you. Yeah. So I mean, how many times are we hearing there's shortages coming up, this is for the greater society, it's for public health. I mean, keep in mind, the Jews were painted as being um, infectious, they had mm-hmm. par- they were parasites. And they're also considered threats, they were considered to be enemies of the state. So you know, so parents speaking up at school boards now are domestic terrorists, I mean, Uh, unvaccinated people are, are considered sick. You're sick until proven healthy. And the only way to prove that you're healthy is to get an injection. Even though if you get injected, you're more likely to get sick. I mean, you have to think of like, people need to realize if someone wants to harm you, especially if an organization, a political organization has evil intentions and evil beliefs about, them being superior to you, they're not going to vocalize that to you.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. They're going to tell you this is for your greater good. And people that don't agree with us are selfish and, uh, and ill and they're parasitic and they're a threat to society and they hate you and they don't care about you, which is why they're not getting vaccinated because they, they don't, they want you to get sick. It makes no sense at all.
0: Again, it makes sense. If you're setting up a world dictatorship, but it doesn't. But I don't understand
1: how anyone says this makes sense to them.
0: It's I think what it is is I don't I think those people are lying. I think it's cognitive dissonance. I mean, the Nazis would say it's the most fascinating thing. Up until the moment they're executed, they still think that they're being relocated for labor. And it's not like they get executed and the next morning they wake up and they go, "Hey guys, they're lying. They're executing us." No, they're executed. It's done. You you can't can't tell anyone. And we only know about it because the Germans lost we found out about all of it. They don't tell you anything because that's what they're going to do. They're going to kill you. And I think a lot of people, and I've used this analogy before, the first concentration camp to be liberated was, was Ordorf, or Ordruf, O-H-R-D-R-U-F. And it clearly wasn't just a killing field, right? I mean, genocides were no new thing. They've been happening all throughout human history. Killing fields, mass graves, are, they've all been seen before. But they find it, right? It's gated in. All the Jews are wearing the same, you know, the striped uniforms. There's barracks. It's very clearly systematic. That's bad enough that you find it. You gotta imagine, right? Put your put your mind in the mind of the GI opening the gates. One of them was probably like, "Do you think there's more camps?" And they were, no, dude. This is this is bad enough. And then they find a second camp. They go, N- "There's no way." The mind. The mind starts to shut down, and then you realize there's tons. There's Auschwitz, there's Bergen-Belsen, there's Dachau, there's Kelmnow, there's uh, uh, Treblinka, on and on and on. The mind, and then finally the mind cracks, and we reach a never-forget moment. I think the mind, you go, there's no way they're injecting all of us. This camp, I think the mind puts so it back down.
1: Tom, you have a really good point there, because I'm, I'm contacted by people outside the U.S., and they think in the U S this isn't happening. They don't, they're like, well, you know, the U S the the military is not really getting vaccinated and, and there's no, there's not, the mandates aren't really being enforced. And I'm like, there, now we are, we are having an awakening now yeah. like the last few weeks, but they didn't, they, they, I mean, people were like, you know, you need to open up your borders to allow people in from Canada. You need to open it up to allow people in from Australia. And I was like, do you not know what's going on in America? I mean, they have, we're, we're we're only a few steps behind other yeah. countries, and it's you know,
0: it's man. If there hasn't ever been a a greater multi steps ahead move than the Second Amendment, I mean, my God, did they not force it? It will come up in every you know whether you are yeah you, whether you're going to be a, a blood a, a bloodlusting dictator who wants the pyramids built whether you want to have the new world and you want to send your wooden ships over the horizon, to discover new lands, whether you want to gas the Jews using Zikon B, whether you want a, uh, a you know, two, a year 2000 China surveillance state, or whether it's 2021 with mRNA vaccines, it, tyranny takes on different forms. It always does. Whether you're lusting after your neighbor, he has a Better saber-toothed tiger mat than you do, or whether he has a better Lamborghini than you do, whether he has a better parchment and quill, or whether he has a better iPhone. These human things, they take on different forms over the millennia, but it's all the same thing. Eventually, power will encroach to where it wants to consolidate itself and suppress all opposition. The difference between us and everyone else, and it's not much, but it's the Second Amendment. It's everyone's arm to the teeth. I mean, you look at Australia, what, it was just seven years ago they did the buyback well, program. We have, a
1: repub- we have a republic to keep us in check. I mean, we truly are not a democracy. And I think people don't
0: realize. Yeah, well, no, it's a democratic, you know? and no, I get that. It's a democratic uh, republic. But even yeah. that, that's all based on social contracts. The real thing comes down to gun projectile. Like that is the ultimate sovereignty.
1: That's, I believe that everything, but you know, you talk, sure. I mean, you're talking about power. I mean, like Lincoln. I think it was Abe Lincoln that said, "You want to see it, know a true man's character, give him power." Right. So you yeah. can see the true character of the leaders of states, the governors, of what happened during COVID nineteen. I mean, uh, I have a tyrannical fascist named Gavin Newsom in Florida, in Florida, in sorry, in California. You know, where Desantis is truly a person of the people, for the people, you know, and for protecting the people. Um, I mean, Newsom was taking away beach privileges if people weren't getting home in time because he was tracking us on our phones, and he said that he was seeing who which counties were being obedient to his orders, and if you weren't being obedient, no beach for you.
0: It's again, it's so clear. This has nothing to do with health.
1: Nothing to do with health and safety.
0: It's not a Uh, damn thing, and it's not to take away from the obedience
1: to enslavement. And then if you aren't an obedient slave. You'll get a potent vaccine which will end up in your execution yes yeah. it's, it's actually in patents i mean i know people are saying karen don't say that i'm like well someone's gonna gotta say it and in a few weeks you know the rest of the country will catch up i think you know a lot of people are saying um oh well this is what the science shows this is what the data shows it's like no that's what the mainstream narrative is showing. That's not what the data and the science is showing. And that's not, you know, the FDA's own data, if you look at it, the CDC's own data on theirs it contradicts everything that they're saying. These are not safe, they're not effective, right? I mean, the risk-benefit ratio, Walensky can go burn in hell, okay? The risk-benefit ratio for young boys and men does not is, is not favorable. Right? You you have it their best case math is point zero two percent incidence of heart inflammation, which means it's closer to two or twenty percent. Let's be honest. Yeah. Those are those are false numbers for a disease that a young healthy man has a ninety-nine point nine 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 percent survival rate up. The ninety nine point nine nine seven percent is for people that died, they all had comorbid conditions. If you're healthy, you 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 know, you have a better chance of getting in a car accident you know than getting severely ill from covid
0: yeah and it's i mean i had covid last august it sucked i was sick for a week i'm not gonna say it didn't it sucked it was like middle school and you're just sick for a week it just sucks then i went away granted i'm 30 i was 30 at the time i'm 31 i'm healthy relatively but even then you can see that there's more to it when i bring that up and i say so there's really no point in me getting the vaccine because i have natural, i have natural immunity there's still this sort of just this this reflexive response of just get it, just get, it. and it's like, what do you mean, just get it? Like,
1: well, but here's the here's the good thing, right? Here's a good question to ask people. So, there's more and more evidence that this. We know this was a lab leak. If you read 100%. a couple of three articles on CRISPR and NGS, next generation sequencing from Twist, and the first chapter of Genome, you know, like. You, you know, you don't have to be Sherlock Holmes or rocket scientist or whatever, mRNA scientist to figure out this was a lab leak. MRNA. But it looks like it was a bioweapon, okay? So this was a bioweapon, at least in development. So most people are not consensus for that. So if this was a bioweapon, a chimeric gain-of-function bioweapon to make a more virulent, infectious, and deadly virus, and it, it appears that it's been spiked with glycoprotein 120 from HIV, and we don't know what other viral uh, codons were included in that to make it more deadly and more infectious, but we know it was a bioweapon and it was meant to inflict disease um, and it has extreme affinity for your A2 receptors in your heart, lungs, and kidneys, which is why you see heart, lung, and kidney failure, right, and inflammation. So we know that, that's what the spike protein does. So if that's a bioweapon, then the vaccine, which is a synthetic viral code to produce the spike protein trillions of in your body, is that a protective therapy or is that
0: amplification. a
1: bioweapon?
0: It's amplification.
1: If it synthetic code that we're injecting people's bodies with produces the spike protein that we are calling a bioweapon, then what is the injection again? <laughs>
0: If, if I yell fire in a theater and then someone else takes a megaphone and amplifies it to warn everyone else of the fire, who's really causing more harm here, right? If you amplify, if it's, if a counterfeit dollar bill, and then I copy the counterfeit dollar bill, I think it's still, I can tell when I get passionate, my face starts to get red. My Irish skin starts to turn red as I start screaming about the vaccine, but you're absolutely right. I mean, that's what it is. And I look to other things, right? I look to unrestricted warfare. That paper published by two Chinese, uh, I think, Air Force generals in the late '90s about how use everything against the United States because we can't fight the United States, you know, bullet for bullet, tank for tank. Use anything you can to fight them, and then we. we looked have
2: at, to succeed to win.
0: Yeah. Right. Yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah we have I distance. mean.
0: Nazi Germany, Dr. Kurt Bloma, right? The, sh- the sword and the shield. If we're Because they learned from World War I, you shoot mustard gas and the wind goes the wrong way. Well, now it turns into a suicide instead of a weapon. So what, if you're going to attack people with strains of things, you know, mustard gas, granted, that's chemical, not biological. But if we're going to attack people, the sword, we got to first make sure we all have the shield the vaccine shiro ishii from unit 731 which spoiler alert we didn't just bring back nazi scientists we also brought back japanese scientists at the end of world war Two. unit seven but,
1: but how is the vaccine a shield if it's producing the bioweapon in your body
0: l- l- uh, no i'm agreeing with you listen listen <laughs> listen, listen. So we know this has been a mode of attack. There's a reason why do we bring back the Nazi scientists? Well, whoever gets the rocket first is going to be able to put an atom bomb on top of it. It all turns into delivery system. Because once everyone has an atom bomb, that's no longer the hand up. What you need is delivery system. We have planes. The Nazis have scientists. We know the KGB is already snatching them up. So we got to get some. So what I'm saying is, is these ideas for biological warfare have been out there Forever, Part of the Soviet Union's plan, if we ever did a first strike with nuclear weapons is they were gonna first strike us. And then when all of our, our guess, our communication, our infrastructure systems are down, then you release bubonic plague, you release these things to really decimate everyone left. So what I'm saying is that this has been a viable form of attack, right? Whether it's atomic and then, you know, in the last 50 years, you could say cyber, right? These new forms of attack come out. Uh, fifth generational, right? Using AI bots, that's a new form of warfare. Biological weapons have always been viewed as this is a thing that's you know not talked about as much as nuclear weapon. It is an attack. So what I'm saying is I'm I'm completely agreeing with you. It is a biological weapon, and so is the vaccine. What I'm saying is that's my Sherlock Holmes. Is I'm looking at it and I'm going, this has been on the board as on par with getting back Nazi scientists to build rockets. Has also been on a much lesser scale, to get these biological and chemical engineers because they knew this was just as uh, just as lethal. So if you want to attack anyone. You're not using a nuclear weapon. That's yes, that's so yesterday. That was right. The last time we got scared about that was with JFK and the Cuban Missile Crisis. That's yesteryear. That's the black and white TV. New it nowadays, it's all about using a designer weapon, a biological thing. It's far smaller. You can't detect this on a radar. You can have a dormant period. You can put it in some international airports. Boom, it's gone. And then if you want, yeah, you could have the vaccine and no one knows what it is. Rush that out and say, hey, everybody's scared shit. Let's take this too. It's the ultimate, it's the ultimate attack. I'm agreeing with everything you're saying.
1: Children don't, weren't, they were completely immune to this. They didn't get infected with it. They didn't spread it to others. And now the FDA and and our our governor Newsom has the audacity to authorize this and mandate it for children. I mean, that, that, that is, that is conspiring to commit aggravated assault and murder of minors through coercion. There's no gray area of what that is. Children Mm -hmm. did not get SARS-CoV-2. Um, and, and just to be very clear, mRNA, whether it's or RNA, an RNA virus, whether it's synthetically needed like mRNA or zoonic, uh, it's unstable. And we've known this since March of last year. Sunlight kills it, and why we? I mean, the American people, this was put out there. Sunlight kills it, 80 degree weather kills it. The, the scientists at Moderna laughed, saying if you looked at it wrong, it would disintegrate, right? So you really, you had to be susceptible in one way or have high repeated exposure to really get sick from it. So what did this vaccine do? They took an unstable uh, biological weapon, because that's what it is. The the synthetic RNA is a bioweapon, it's very unstable. And they put it in a lipid nanoparticle encapsulation with cholesterol, phospholipid, um, ionized lipid, and polyethylene glycol lipid. Um, And we're finding out too, there's graphene oxide in there and other stuff. So they took, graphene oxide is 4,000 times stronger than titanium with a 1700 degree, you know, uh, melting point. So they took something that if you look at it wrong, it's going to disintegrate. And they made it indestructible, like, like Terminator 2, like (laughs) melting and indestructible, you know, like this, I don't understand why people are like, they think this is a great idea and now we're injecting it into children's bodies who never, it never made it pass. It never made it into their immune system. It, their their uh, white blood cells, if it got, you know, were little ninja warriors wiping the thing out, never penetrated their cells. And now we're injecting children, um, with this MRNA, which we now are seeing hijacks their cells to create transgenerational complementary d- uh, DNA that causes disease. And autoimmune suppression, and everyone's like, "Well, they just need more shots." This the madness needs to stop. The whole and then the PCR tests. Uh, here's newsflash: PCRs are they, they they test for genetic material, double helix material. So unless SARS-CoV-2 produces cDNA through reverse transcriptase, it wouldn't work to test as a PCR test. It just doesn't work. And there's studies in peer-reviewed journals. Let's say, oh, yeah, by the way, you know, kind of does no, cause, yeah. yeah, cDNA, which is why the PCR tests work. So if you're injecting with yourself something with yourself with that's going to create uh, complementary DNA, that's genetic changes. This absolutely does make genetic changes to you. And everyone is just listening to the narrative and not looking at 30 years of scientific evidence and, you know, or even the last 18 months. We're all told the spike protein is, uh, if it gets into a child's uh, adaptive immune system, you know, innate immune system, and the adaptive immune system has to respond, they can have multi-system inflammatory syndrome. That's when it's dangerous. So what do we do? We inject them with a vaccine that overrides through the Trojan horse mechanism action, the innate immune system, and directly goes into their cells so that they produce antibodies. That's exactly what you don't want to have happen to a child. And in the Pfizer FDA uh, 12 to 15-year-old authorization, I didn't get a chance to read the 5 to 11-year-old, they literally say, Pfizer literally says, we're going to use immunogenicity, we're going to use immune response testing because, which is called immunobridging, because we know it is statistically and clinically impossible to get enough children who are going to be susceptible to COVID-19 where they would test positive enough Uh, in a treatment group versus a placebo group or placebo versus treatment group. It's impossible because children don't get it. So we won't be able to prove it because children don't get COVID-19. So that's why we're just going to see if the vaccine makes them have a robust immune response. And that's what we're going to use as efficacy. It's what you do in animals, with animals who don't get a human disease, to say, okay, we're going to do it in the animals first, and then that will justify doing it in the humans.
0: Again, how come no one's looking at this why is everyone succumbing to the madness not only did the Einsatz group and tell them that they're being uh relocated for labor I'm sure there were some in that group that were like are you sure this is labor a lot of people I would I can only imagine and not to take the liberty in assuming what these people are thinking I mean I imagine a party is probably thinking we are just going to labor we are going to labor this isn't real I'm going to labor. you know this is there's probably there's a group think to where you don't want to think about the worst thing. You don't, you don't want to assume it's that. You, your mind shuts down. I mean, I think about, you know, in 2014, I lost my older brother to suicide. And I remember I was visiting my girlfriend several states away, and I remember my parents calling me. And uh, I remember my dad saying, we lost Johnny. And I instantly knew what that was. But my mind was, imme- he was four years older than me, he was 27. My mind immediately started scrambling to like, like it's a kid that, you know, we lost him at the mall and we got to call security. I was thinking like, oh, you know, oh, where, 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 where is he? You know, did he, did, what, did he run away? Deep down, I knew exactly what it was. But even though it was just a few brief seconds, my mind, it threw everything it had in just giving me like two more seconds Of life where i didn't now have a dead sibling it was just Mm -hmm. a protective mechanism and it wasn't because i you know because of i'm a bad person or a stupid person my mind just said that's not real that's not real so i can and i know that's a bit of a loose analogy but i can only imagine a lot of this is great it's
1: it's a great analogy i mean it you know it's cuz you have you, you, your fear of losing those that you you love that they've been harmed whether it was self-inflicted or inflicted by someone else yeah you know and so and i think it's even more difficult because people that we love were harmed and some people they themselves were harmed but there's also this level of betrayal Right. There were these people took an oath to protect us. They took an oath to uphold the constitution and we trusted them. So, um, it's, you know, I, I, I empathize with people. I understand. I mean, years ago, I I tell, I mean, I went through a period of my life where people in my personal and, and professional life took an oath or signed a contract and I was deeply betrayed. I mean, people, took things they had no right to take and touch things they had no right to touch. And um, and my friends were like, Karen, these people are stealing from you. They're lying to you. They're doing, they're, you know, they're doing these things. This person's doing this to you. And I'm like, why would they do that? This person loves me. This person cares about me. And to be honest, people that warned me, I thought they were stupid or irritating or I locked them out of my life. Yeah. So, you know, it's really tough because, we're not doing this. I didn't come forth with this information other than it's the truth and I you know you want people to wake up and and realize that they were betrayed and so that they can get healed right but when you're that messenger of such alarming and um, you have scary information uh, you're not, you're not well liked. I mean, you're, people are going to not want to hear it. And I understand that, but, uh, you know, I don't know. I think it's through facing that fear, mourning that fear. I mean, I was afraid to come forward and I I had to mourn everything that I would lose coming forward, you know, and that's everything. I had to mourn losing everything so that I could face what I had to do, which was to come forward and tell the truth to people. And I think. If you mourn the worst case scenario, that's when you can actually heal, right? It's like if you mourn that and you go through a process of forgiveness, which is an ongoing lifelong process, that's when you can start healing and, and find ways to heal, like physically, emotionally, spiritually, financially, and as a country and a community, I think that's what needs to happen, you know?
0: No, I, I agree with you 100%. I mean, I think about, you know, I graduated University of Georgia in December 2013, scored in the top four percentile in the MCAT. I got into medical school in Miami, smoking hot girlfriend. I was in great shape. I had like eight abs. People thought I was playing, playing on the football <laughs> team. I was like, no, I just worked out every day, and, you know, <laughs> on top of the world. And then right after I graduated, I realized I didn't want to go to medical school. I wasn't happy. And a couple months after that is when I lost my brother. And so this led to this whole spiraling downwards, this existential you know, didn't know what I wanted. And I started gaining weight and doing drugs. And and I don't want to be a doctor. I don't want to do this. Lost the girlfriend, became suicidal, had to move home with my parents. And I'm 600 miles away from every friend I've ever had. And I'm living at home and I'm in 25, I'm 26, I'm 27, I'm 28. I'm I'm a loser. What the fuck am I doing with my life? My other brothers are successful. Younger brothers getting engaged and I'm sitting here like a loser. And it kind of broke down everything I had. And then, you know, like a true idiot adding gasoline to a fire i was like hey you know who i don't think's half bad donald trump and so whatever friends i had left <laughs> they got rid of me too which is fine you don't have to like him, but the point is is i kind of just ablated everything in my life away to much like the the two weeks to flatten the curve
2: mm-hmm.
0: i I sort of removed everything i'd ever learned lost every friend i mean literally two people i still t- stay in touch with from pre that era to where i'm at home I don't have a girlfriend. I'm not going to go to medical school. I don't have any of my normal friends. I now have no desire to go but live back down in Georgia. It turned into a gift that I realized I was like, oh, I'm, I'm like reborn. Like, What do I want to do? I'm going to start a podcast. I'm going to do this. Oh, I don't, awesome. I don't yeah. care who doesn't like this. I started above my parents' garage two years later. Now I'm on my own making some money on this thing and doing it. But what you said, mourning the loss of everything, I kind of, quote, unquote, died. Like I lost everything I had in my previous life to then it was like, I'm just going to go out and talk to people. And then COVID, star- COVID started like a week after I started this podcast, which is just bad luck. But so now when I want to talk about things, no matter what it is, I think whereas most people, oh, I don't want to say that or I don't want to post that on Facebook. I don't want people to think I'm an anti I not I have been training unwittingly for like six years to not give a shit because I could no longer, because there was nothing left to care for. It was all gone. And by coming to terms with that, and then not only just coming to terms with that, but finding peace in it, and then not just finding peace in it, but loving it as opposed to anything, I would rather this than my old life. It becomes a lot easier to go, I'm gonna interview Dr. Malone, and I don't care how many people hate me for it. I'm gonna interview Dr. McCullough. I got banned from YouTube, well, they're communists anyway and just keep going like that is what has led to this and you're right it's people have been because no one wants to no one wants to acknowledge cause, right it's right it's easier to fool a man than to convince a man he's been fooled yeah. right if you you think you're a, you know you think you're an intelligent I'm, I'm a lawyer i'm a whatever and you are and you have a wife and a kids and i've built this home and i have this savings and i'm so and so and i pay property taxes and you got you kind of you can feel dumb. You're like, I got duped by the guy in the white coat on TV. No one wants to admit that. Right. I mean, I found out probably after most people, you know, early on years and years, years ago that I was being cheated on by a girlfriend, aside from like having your heart broken, which it, everyone has, it's, it's just not important. The worst thing was, was feeling so stupid. To it was go, so stu- well, exactly. How did <laughs> I not <laughs> see this? When
1: when I found out information about someone uh, very close to my life, and I I I can't go into (coughs) all the details. Yeah,
0: yeah,
1: yeah. But I was like, no one's going to believe me. I didn't know this because no one of anything. No one says that's a stupid woman. Like people don't say that about me at least. So like I was like, there's no way anyone's going to believe I didn't know all this information about this person. Like there's just no way. Yeah. You know because they did horrible things. Yeah. Horrible things to other people. Yeah. You know like millions of dollars. Yeah. Never paid back.
2: Yeah, you
1: know so yeah uh, yeah. and so the same thing yeah but even if you're being cheated on people are like how how did you not know how did you not see that because
0: you're a good person and you're blinded by love and in the same way we're blinded by the reason we can't imagine how anyone would do this is because we are all good people regardless of our beliefs what sports teams we like at the core we're all good people so when we see someone who is taking money and violating their Hippocratic Oath, so that billions of people inject themselves with a synthetic, We the reason we say that can't happen is because we would never do that. The reason why you believe you're being relocated for labor is because you could never in a million years become a band of a traveling death squad going into foreign countries and killing Jews. We project, you look at someone that beats dogs and you go, that can't be true, because I would never do it. But that's yeah. what happens, and that's what these people thrive on, is they know that because they're not admitting it. They're not gonna. T- hey, I'm doing this.
1: Yeah. One of the things Jordan Peterson said, like you know, I kind of became a student of his. Right. I yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But you know, he said, you know, um, I think he, he was trying to. Par- I think he was paraphrasing Carl Jung. I'm going to butcher this, but he, you know, he he said that, you know. Carl Jung talks about the shadow, that we all have to realize that we have some level of darkness in us, right? And if you just think you're always good, I mean, and, and the Apostle Paul talks about this all the time, like, you know, how you wrestle with, you know, wanting to follow Christ, but then being, you know, uh, enslaved to your your flesh, you know? Sure. Um, but you have to acknowledge that you have some level, you know, of darkness in you. And like when people say, oh, I would never do what happened in Nazi Germany. He's like, well, you know, you really need to... Put yourself in that situation and see what would you do or not do. And he said, if for no other reason, to, you have to acknowledge that there's some evil in you so that you can see evil in the other in, in the world. And if you don't, if you if you believe the world is is just sweet and innocent and there's no evil in you or in the world, he's like, then you'll be annihilated to the exact level of your naivete.
2: Jeez.
0: Yeah, b- yeah. If you believe it exactly, can't happen, yeah. if you can't, if you believe that it can't happen. You know, so-and-so would never cheat, right? It's like you see, like, the the star-crossed lovers, and they're, like, 15. They're like, we're going to be together forever. And you're like, oh, God. You know, you're like, let them have it. Let them enjoy it. They're young. But you're like, hey.
2: Some of them are. Some of them do.
0: I I interviewed a guy yesterday who's 87 who's been married to his wife for 66 years. So, you know, egg on my face. But, like, you know, it's it's they are. It's but the amount of your own naivety. You know, I would never steal from someone. And then you look at, like, the 2008 financial crisis, and you're like, did they really do that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Remember that time you took a dollar from your mom's purse? Yeah. Well, it's just that scaled up. Yeah. And if you can realize that, then, you know, you won't be annihilated to the equal extent of your own naivety.
1: Well, yeah. Yeah. And people say, oh, I would never, I would never mentally or emotionally abuse a child. Yeah. Everyone's sending them to school in masks.
0: And yeah. That's
1: abuse.
0: Yeah. I would, you know, how did the Nazis take part in that? Anyway, we should separate the unvaccinated, right? Didn't Noam Chomsky just say that yesterday or today? The unvaccinated should be ostracized from society.
1: Oh, I've seen people people that I'm friends with on Facebook have posted these articles saying, you know, good riddance with the unvaccinated. Yeah, they should be separated out from society. And if they die, good riddance and they should be denied uh, hospital care and medical care. I mean.
2: Yeah. What? I
1: I don't I don't wish that upon the vaccinated. I I hope Neither. the vaccinated realize that people intended them harm. Some of them are harmed, and I hope they seek treatment and get blood work done so we can figure out how they can heal. That that's that's what I hope. Yeah, I don't you know? I,
0: I don't wish anything. When someone tells me they got the vaccine. You know, well, I ho- I hope it's not as bad as I think it is. You know, and it's and not I only
1: pray, that. I, I pray they get placebo. I, we I've sure. told a lot, a lot of people have gotten placebo, and yeah, and I. Um, yeah, I mean, even people who've gotten mad at me for not getting vaccinated, I don't, I I hope they got the placebo. I really do. I really, you know, I don't wish this upon anybody. You don't wish anyone to go through autoimmune disease. I used to volunteer in AIDS clinics and I'm not saying people have AIDS, but I saw that disease and what it did to people. This is back in the nineties. And I I, I wouldn't wish that upon my worst enemy. I just wouldn't, you know? It's, so I have a I, I got to run my oh, you, oh, I'm
0: sorry. Oh yeah. Well, like I said beforehand. Yeah. You, you tell me when you got to go. So thank yeah. you very much for coming. I would love to have you back on and uh, we can shoot the yeah, shit more fair. about all the totalitarian dictators taking over the world via RNA. But uh, you know, <laughs> it's, it's uh, I do, despite all of this, I do believe that good will prevail in the end. And maybe it only comes after death. I don't know. Maybe it can't be saved here on earth. But I refuse to take the black pill, I refuse to say all is lost. It's uh plus it's cooler to be on the other side. I'd rather I'd rather be part of the minority that's uh, fighting and say, you know, fuck this shit. Excuse my French.
1: No, I mean I think the truth the truth can't prevail unless God's people speak up. And as long as we speak up and we speak the truth in love and not in vindication or anything like that, um, you know, they need us to play the game for them to win. If we don't play the game, they can't win.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's, out it, of it. Yeah. And it's, uh, yeah. Throw a wrench in their, throw a wrench in their plans. Get on a podcast and start yelling about the vaccine. Make it uncomfortable for them. Make them, yeah, you're right. So if we all just go to the, if we all just go to the slaughterhouse with our heads down, well, then we deserve what's coming. But I'd rather at least be able to die and go, you know, I spoke my piece. I interviewed the doctors and to the best of my ability and with a clear conscience, I said what I thought was right. And that's really, yeah. that's really all you can do.
1: Yeah. And I mean, I think it's, I think, I mean, I think it's, I think we have every right to say you have no authority to my body or injecting something in my body. And I will defend myself any way possible to make sure that you do not touch my body. Yeah. Now, there's nothing wrong with that. If you, if you are going to assault me and put my life at risk, why don't I have the right to do the same to you?
0: Yeah. I Well, I just identify as vaccinated. So, you know, that's, I don't think you got that.
2: Identify.
0: I, I identify as I identify as vaccinated. You know, I, I identify as a man. I, <laughs> I identify I as a woman. I identify as vaccinated. So.
1: <laughs> I identify as vaccinated. Yeah. yeah so. No, basically, I think about it. people. If people are going to like if they're going to say the government has a right to assault you and put your life at risk, I'm sorry. The Ninth Amendment says then I have the right to do that to the government. Yeah. That's just that's what our that's what our Bill of Rights says. Yeah. Just to be clear. Yeah. Just so everyone knows.
0: Yeah, I'll that's take the,
1: the ninth, and that's why we have the second.
0: I'll, I'll take the shot as long as we get a long enough needle that it goes through my arm and into the arm of the doctor giving it to me. If we're going to do the suicide pact, we're doing it together. Yeah, we'll so see how much they really want. I will let you go. You got to go, go get your son. Thank you so much for coming on here. I'll send you the link when it's up. God bless. God bless America. Stay safe, everyone. Thank you so much. Bye-bye.
1: Recording stopped.